0: Hi, I'm here with the Fleet Podcast, where we give you an inside look at what's happening at the fleet. And today we're going back behind the scenes of Pandas. I have Drew Fellman with me, the writer, producer, and co-director of the film, and also Dr. Jake Owens, who's a conservation biologist, who's in the film.
1: Hi, Wendy. Thanks for having us in your 1970s basement. (laughs) I know, right?
0: (laughs) I don't know if the shag carpet is seen on camera, but you're missing out if you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you guys both for being here. So, Drew, what is pandas about?
1: Pandas is about an effort to increase the wild panda population by introducing captive-born panda cubs into the wild. It's actually a very complicated process, and so the film shows how this effort in China was inspired by um, a black bear rehabilitation program in the US, and we follow the team of researchers and the pandas as they go through this, this journey together.
0: Great, now Jake, you're a conservation biologist. What does that mean? What does your work entail? So it's, uh,
2: the, the grand scheme of it is that we are interested in preserving species or populations of species um for the long term and and so uh the nitty-gritty of it means spending a lot of time in the field i've spent years of my life living in tents in all over the world uh studying animals observing animals and then you doing science to figure out how best to protect them and um then you take a lot of time in the office to to manipulate data and and um analyze it and write it up and then trying to communicate with people um, and And develop policies in China, a lot of what i 'm doing is actually working individually with the pandas, uh, which you see in the film, because we 're trying to take captive born giant pandas whose mothers and grandmothers were also born in captivity, so they don 't have the wild experience to train their their cubs um and so i'm kind of one of 'm one of the people that's trying to help them. Develop the natural innate abilities that's inside each panda, um, so they're ready to go out and have a, a good chance of success once they're out.
0: Had yeah. ask him a question.
1: Yeah. So Jake, what's the difference between a um, a biologist and a conservation biologist?
2: So a biologist is anybody who studies life and and life systems, and so it can be anything from sitting in a lab and studying cells and studying the processes of cells, and and uh, and then going on to field biologists like like myself who are outside most of the time trying to figure out things that are going on outside. So the biology is the, the, the bigger category. And then as a conservation biologist, I'm specifically interested in protecting life
0: I'm so glad you asked that question because, yeah, a lot of times people think, oh, scientists, they wear a white coat and they're yeah. in the lab and no, you can be outside. So if you backed off of science because you didn't want to be indoors, you can be outdoors <laughs> and be a scientist too. Mm-hmm. So how did you start actually working with pandas?
2: I, I've done a lot of uh, international conservation and research. So I've been all over the world doing this, this kind of work and I was completing my PhD, which I I studied a a little known monkey called the drill monkey in West Africa. And it's really elusive. It's very rare. It lives high up in mountains. It takes a lot of um, work to find them and study them. And that's pretty similar to the the characteristics of a giant panda as well. And so as I was finishing, I received a call from this uh, pretty well-known scientist, Jim Spatilla, who was trying, they were trying to adapt Ben Killam's method to release uh, and rehabil- rehabilitate black bears in New Hampshire to, to giant pandas. And so they needed somebody who was there on the ground um, to work with younger Chinese scientists and do that. And my expertise from uh, field, field work all over the world kind of helped adapt what they were doing over there. And we all worked together in, in this collaborative project. So. Um, really, one day it boils down to I got a phone call and said, hey, do you want to go and help start this reintroduction program for giant pandas?
0: And you were like, nah. <laughs> I, said, nah. I said, let me think about it. And then Boo. three days later, I said, yes.
2: You know, but it's a big commitment. I've been there for four years now, yeah. and it's going to be something I do probably for the rest of my life. So.
0: And Ben didn't want to leave the Bears in New Hampshire, so that's why he didn't want to do it, right? Yeah,
1: and also, I mean, that's a you know it's a young man's job for sure (laughs) to do this because it's you know he's
0: yeah the terrain is rugged it's beautiful on the imax dome screen (laughs) but i was just thinking you had to work in um, it yeah no it's
1: a full-time job and and ben's got a full-time job with his bears but ben's back and forth all the you know all the time you know once or twice a year as you know as an advisor
0: so why did you want to make this film drew
1: um well we got the idea to make this film Um, back in 2013, I had been talking to Ben for four years at this point about doing something together one day, and he casually mentioned as I was leaving that he had just started this program, you know, he just started uh, advising this reintroduction program with Pandas, and then we um, thought that would be a great story, because one thing that's so interesting is Ben does all of this work with just him and his sister and his wife, and together they've uh, rehabilitated and released over 150 black bears into the forests of New England by themselves and if Just you've three ever <laughs> and you know some years they have you know 10 15 20 bears that's an incredible amount of work and all of you should see their clothes I mean their, their are <laughs> their jackets they're all shredded at the sleeves and you know they have bite marks all over their limbs um, and in China It is a much more like collective effort. Um, There's more than three people. (laughs) Hundreds (laughs) hundreds of people involved in this project. And, you know, just the, you know, the, the cultural difference and the stylistic difference of how all, you know, these two projects are being um, implemented, you know, seemed like a really interesting way to get a a sense of how conservation is taking place in different parts of the world with different bear species
0: yeah how did you get involved in the film then so we know how you got jake had no choice i had no choice (laughs) they said we're doing this
2: film and so um be happy about it basically uh yeah no i you know before i even went to china for the first time um i was already planning on going but i had some things to uh to finish up in africa and um Drew came to Philadelphia to meet with me and, and kind of say, hey, we're making this film. Um, see you there. And then to kind of discuss it a little bit more and, and and figure out some of the the logistics of it. But I hadn't even been there yet, so you know I couldn't really contribute too much at that point. But he was just making me aware. And then over the years, uh, he and, and Dave Douglas, uh, the co-director, the other co-director, would come and visit and, and see the status of things and meet with um, the the leaders and the, the various people at Panda Base and just develop the relationships that were necessary to actually get this done because um, it's, you know, pandas are the national treasure of, of China and there's a lot of scrutiny and, and nobody, you know, you can't do anything that um, would be considered unsafe or you know, put them at risk or anything like that. So there's a huge amount of consideration uh, whereas, you know, Ben with his black bears they can kind of just go out and the black bears are running all over the place and it's safe but um there's there's not so much scrutiny as as with us where it, it just takes a lot more effort to build the trust
1: yeah we'll be out you know working in New Hampshire and I'll be pinned under one of the black bear cubs as he's <laughs> you know chewing on me and Ben will come out and will be like why are you letting them chew on you like that you know, like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but um yeah
0: yeah, there's no such thing as an easy IMAX film to make. No, this one had its
1: own challenges for sure. Yeah, and tell us about that. Well, the two biggest challenges were uh, teeth and claws. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I think I uh, think I've heard something about apples being very important in the making of this. Yeah, film. when
1: um, we would go into the you know Chen Chen, the you know giant panda that we're working with.
0: Chen um, Chen's the real star of the film.
1: Sorry, mm-hmm, Yeah. Jake.
2: No, no, for sure. She is. She's.
1: Um, <laughs> You know, preparing for the wild in this 50-acre enclosure, which is real you know panda habitat inside there, and outside the enclosure are wild pandas. And when we're in there with her, um, every member of the crew, before they can pass through that gate, needs an
2: apple. A safety apple. A safety <laughs> apple <laughs> in
1: their pocket. Because if Chan Chan ever decides that she's particularly interested in one of us, it's that apple we, we, I think we were supposed to show her the apple, put it down, and just walk away, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she'll you know eat that apple in, instead of one of us. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is you know we had you know quite a, a large crew, and ultimately we ended up you know with more people and apples. I don't know if people were eating the apples. I know I might have eaten a couple of them. <laughs> but so you know we went down, sent someone down to the market to buy a whole new box of of apples. And um, we learned very quickly that we bought the wrong apples. Chen oh, didn't Chen, like them? <laughs> no. Chen Chen is very particular of the apples. She will accept um, as a decoy, mm-hmm. you know, as as a alternative. Mm-hmm. And um, she likes the Fugees. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think yep. the apples we bought were perhaps <laughs> a little tart. Mm-hmm. She was like, nope, yep. it's not going to work with me. So, um... I had to go and buy yeah. another box of apples. She holds all the cards and she gets what she wants.
0: <laughs> Fuji apples for Jen Jen. <laughs> so what was it like trying to do your work and having yeah. a camera in your face? So, I mean...
2: Weird. <laughs> First off, weird. You know, th- this whole thing is, is very odd. We're usually just us doing our own thing in, in the mountain and, um you know it doesn't matter if you're covered in dirt and super sweaty and and um your hair is matted down and that kind of thing but when you've got this camera that's super high definition and you know it's on you you start to think about oh my, God, what does my hair look like but uh, <laughs> and then we have to worry about continuity yeah right
1: because you know we might shoot a scene you know shot one year and you know the next year we're shooting a shot that you know by the time we've edited it together they're up against each other, so we're always making Jake shave.
2: Yeah, I was going right to say right now he's got a beard. beard maintenance, yeah. yeah. But um... <laughs> I'm trying to do my my bear impression, so I grew out a beard. But they kept on making me shave it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But you know, Jake's been in China for four years now, and in the course of this film, we, you know, filmed in China for about forty days. So most of the work he does, you know, he's doing it you know, w- without a camera. And um,
2: but it's he... a big consider. You know, my my number one priority is the panda. Sure. And then my second but equal priority is the safety of the people who are working with her and so like Shabby and myself and 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 you know the other the rest of the team that we have that work with pandas and um and then you know you go down the line with their camera equipment and then them how far and, down know, the line were we very far <laughs> down the line yeah uh and now 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 the truth comes out yeah exactly so um so, so for, you know, the, the first thing is, you know, like, like you said, they can't even get in the gate unless they are handed an apple, you know, unless, the, and we'd, you know, check that. Okay. When they go in, you know, everything has to be, you know, well organized and then cleaned up really well afterwards immediately. And, um, so oh, yeah, there's, I there's a leave lot some of some equipment yeah, behind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a, just kind of that kind of oversight. not something that you normally have to do, but then also, you know, the consideration of, he would say. Well, we'd love to get her doing this behavior. We'd love to get her eating this kind of bamboo or something in this area because it looks really pretty for the 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 shot, right? And and so I just say, well, she, you know, I she's not going to go there. She's that's not a place she goes to do that thing. And so then we have to figure out well, where would she that would fit that kind of um, that shot, but with the thing they're trying to shoot the behavior and. Um, you know, it, it it tended to work like surprisingly. I, I was I was wrong most of the time because I would say we're never gonna get that thing. We're never gonna get it. We're never gonna get it here. And then she would do it, and it was I was really constantly surprised. You,
1: you can never um, overestimate the vanity of a panda. <laughs> and if she sees that camera, she's like, sure, yeah. I'll do it. I won't do it for Jake, but yeah. for you guys. Um, but you know, often we would want to do uh, you know a shot, and um, Jake be like, well. If you want to do that, you're going to have to, you know, it's about a four-hour hike <laughs> to get that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. rains
2: a lot, and so for for us, you know, we, we work in the rain every day. That's just a yeah. normal part of life. And and um, you know, f- for them, they go and set up in torrential downpour just in case it stopped yeah. raining and they're able, able to get a shot. But um, so yeah, it was it was it was a lot of work, <laughs> no, no yeah. especially with this guy. But, yeah, uh, I mean,
0: the making a wildlife because I mean sh- she's not a trained actor. She's yeah. um, although she's captive born, that doesn't mean that she's yeah. tame or trained. Nope, she's right. not. A, she's not an animal actor. She yeah. is still a panda, she's and a so panda. it's not like you can still go to your yeah, mark. Yeah, no. If we, you
1: know, on, on a good day, we would have about twenty minutes of her attention. Aside from that, she's just off eating, and um, you know she'll get bored with us really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so we can, you know, maybe we'll get a pass by, maybe, yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll get one small little bit of behavior, mm-hmm. and that's okay because that's, you know, you're lucky if if you can, uh, you know, get a little bit every day. So um, that's just the process of working with untrained animals.
2: But also, they you know the the systems that they have. Uh, make it possible because they have these remote cameras, and so they'd set the camera up in an area where they'd have a, a nice view of a big area, and then they would go, you know, 50 or 100 feet away, behind you know a thick of bamboo or, or down you know a slope or something, and wait there. And then we'd, you know, Shelby and I would try to see if Chen Chen would go to that area to go on a walk, and um, if she would, we, we'd get there and ra- you know we had radios on, so we'd radio in and say, hey, you know, we're going to be there in five minutes. And then she'd stop and eat, and so it's okay. No, she's gonna be ten minutes, and then we'd get there, and they'd get a shot. And um, so not having them there was, you yeah. know, made it possible to really get the, the like, her behavior.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like that Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin movie Bowfinger, where they're making a you movie. You're back now. Mm, right. <laughs> they're making a movie, and Eddie Murphy doesn't even know he's in the movie. Yeah. So ideally, it works like that, where Chen Chen, the less Chen Chen knows she's in a movie, you know, the yeah. you know, better chance we have.
0: So how did you get into making giant screen films? I mean, it's it's sort of an unusual <laughs> job.
1: Yeah, I got really lucky. Um, I started off um, working for Howard and Michelle Hall on a couple of their films.
0: Yeah, we just saw them last night. Yep, *The uh, a
1: diver, and they're two of my heroes, and um, that you know, was an amazing experience. I just got to learn so much from them um, without any responsibility or with not that much responsibility so <laughs> that was great. Um
0: Howard Michelle have been, made many films. Yeah. Probably any underwater film you've ever seen in the dome Howard Michelle made.
1: Yep. And then I've just had, you know, the pleasure of, you know, working with an amazing team of, you know, IMAX, you know, professionals, you know, David Douglas who's been my, you know, my partner on this series of films we've made Born to be Wild, Island of Lemurs and now this one. Um you know, Dave's been working in IMAX since he was a teenager you know from the very beginning so of it you know building the first uh-huh. help build the first projector and the you know first cameras and all of that
0: we've got projector number 2 here okay there you go that one yep
1: so you know and everyone you know we're working with are um, just really incredible technicians which makes the challenge of working in IMAX a bit easier cuz i'm surrounded by people that that know it so well
0: yeah um, I don't know if you know this, Jake, but David Douglas, um, the co director of Pandas, called you the Indiana Jones of Biologists.
2: Woo, yeah. I did not wow. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah, what do you what do you think about that? Do you do you earn that title?
2: Um no, definitely not.
1: <laughs> I think that that's just because Jake hates snakes. <laughs> no, I love snakes.
2: Yeah. Um, well, actually, I just got this leather jacket because I was I going I... for Indiana Jones. Just you know. Yeah, I feel um, like that. Yeah. No, that's saucy. Yes. Awesome. I've, I've got a huge amount of respect for him. He's he's like, he's a fascinating guy. Actually, all the the IMAX guys are, and it's it's been really rewarding working with them because they just know every like, they're basically engineers. Of everything about engineers of making films engineers of equipment and th- the way that they can figure out that kind of stuff I just sit back and watch them while they're, they're working you know they'd, they'd be in our a little shack that's next to Chen Chen's enclosure just you know working with these systems um, and to, to get exactly what they needed um, but also they've worked all over the world and there's a lot of similarities between their work and the, the life of like an international field biologist like myself and um, so yeah, it was really fascinating working with him, and and he, you know, Dave is just awesome. He's just he's like a a really cool guy, but also just you know a huge amount of experience and knowledge about animals and nature, and and also film.
1: Yeah, I mean the um we haven't used the same camera system, you know, on any film, uh, you know that Dave and I have done. We're always seems like we're building a new camera like for each film and we never have time to really test it (laughs) before we start. Even on this film we ended up, you know, working, I think we used five different camera systems by the time we were done. And so a lot of mornings, you know, the whole half of the day will just be, you know, rebuilding it, making it work, troubleshooting some, you know, unexpected thing that came up. So that's a whole, you know, it's always an unexpected part of the challenge, but, you know, just the technical aspect of it is... um, Very daunting all the time,
0: for sure. And but that's what creates these glorious images. That's right. I mean, we're always trying to,
1: you know, push the boundaries and get to the best image quality we can, and find new ways to move the camera around. And for this film, um, our team developed this uh, a new drone platform, which was able to lift the IMAX cameras and get all this incredible footage we'd never would have been able to get in China. But what's even Cooler is these same guys are now working with Jake to develop a drone platform for scientists to, um, you know, pull the data off tracking collars. So, like where Jake works, it could be very, very difficult to pinpoint um, the source of a GPS signal because you know the mountains are so steep and there's really intense valleys and the signals ping pong around. But by sending a drone up in the air, they're able to pick it up. Fairly instantaneously and pinpoint. You yeah. Know, so where having, the having it are.
2: automatically go out and find where this animal is is huge. Like one of one of the biggest uh, factors to determine the success of an individual animal in a lot of reintroduction programs um, is the intensity of post-release monitoring and assistance. So the more help you can give them, the more you can monitor each animal, uh, the better chance they have um, at surviving. And especially with one of our uh, our programs where you use human assistance that's key i mean that's critical to it and we have the ability to go and change Chen Chen's collar and you know check her health and you know give her medicine if she needs it or whatever it is um, that she needs but if you can't find her then that eliminates all, all that benefit and so what we found this is some of the most difficult habitat i've worked in anywhere i worked in you know tropical west africa i've worked in mangrove forests in the keys i've worked all over the place and this is it can take me An hour or two hours to go 100 meters, just because you're basically trying to worm your way through this really dense bamboo. Um, And so, uh, having the ability to find where she is in in this, you know, massive reserve, and then go there and do the groundwork um, can cut off a week or more of just the initial location. And so, that's for you know. The movie is fantastic, and telling people this story is really awesome. But this this could potentially be a real game changer for our work and, and other conservation projects. So, so I'm really indebted to these guys for this opportunity to have this system built.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yay, IMAX. Yeah. So, everyone
2: <laughs> should invite a film
1: crew, their project, and <laughs> yeah. then it'll change your life. Yeah. In
0: you unexpected can come up to ways. my office and film me working <laughs> yeah. after this. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Just
1: tolerate us for four years. <laughs>
0: It would be my pleasure. (laughs) What do you both hope that people will take away from the film?
1: Um, I mean, I... For me, there's lots of things. But, you know, if I had to kind of condense it down, I'd say it's realizing that conservation is not just an abstract idea. You know, it's something that um, is really hard work, that, you know, people are out there in the field, people and animals, you know, working... know side by side you know to make this planet a better place for wildlife and you know we want people to get involved in that battle you know we want people to become conservationists and I think the best way to do that is to show what that works really like and to show the rewards of it and I I can't think of anything more rewarding than going through this journey with Chen Chen you know of, of taking someone from a captive born animal who really has no life ahead of her except you know, being in a display case and giving her the opportunity to be wild and have freedom and, you know, um, you know, ha- have a life that you wouldn't have even imagined, you know, possible when she was born. I mean, and that's kind of conservation in a, in a nutshell right there.
2: I, I, one of the things that struck me when I first saw parts of the film was um, that it's it's not your typical nature documentary because the the human social part of it is is a major you know storyline in it and so you know my my experience working as a conservation biologist around the world is that you work with people from everywhere and everybody has their own expertise you have people who you know never you know they went to a few years of elementary school in a small village in Africa and the best field biologist you've ever met in your life and you've learned so much from them and so all these projects tend to have people from everywhere and they you know you have your own skills and you use those skills together to to do what you're doing to try to protect this species to try to make it last for generations to come and that's the same with the panda you know i'm a, um, a american from south jersey and i'm working with this awesome team of, of scientists from from china and then you know ben kiln from um from new hampshire and we're all working towards saving giant pandas and and um you know helping them helping the wild populations and so the 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 moral for me one of the big big morals of the story is um you know people around the world actually do constantly work together um and they we have differences but you just work through them and you you build a better project because of that you know you get it's it's easy to be negative about globalization about working um with people all over the world but you know this is Um, really my experience you know it's and it's totally positive and it's it's a totally benefit
1: yeah it's gonna take a lot of people working together to make a difference for pandas and that's you know that's one really cool thing that's happening in this project yeah you know we don't we don't have that many instances of you know Chinese and American you know scientists you know teaming up on a you know collective mission and shared goals and and this that's what this story is about and it's pretty cool to see yeah
0: so I'm going to ask you what's next, but I think, I think we'll have a fortune cookie Awesome, on oh. theme with the Let's film. See. Let's, see what, Let's see what our fortune is. What your future holds according to the hmm. magical cookie? <laughs> this is risky. I
1: know. This is the <laughs> best way to answer the what's next question.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Mine says I just won $50. <laughs>
0: Yay! <laughs> Enough to fund your next Ooh, film. That's right.
2: <laughs> I have a, a cheerful letter or message is on its way to me. Oh,
0: mm, nice. Yeah. How about yours?
1: No, I'm serious. Oh, it really is? Fif- $50.
0: <laughs> we're a non-profit. I don't know if we can afford that. No, <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, I'll donate it back. to the I'm, just, oh, great. I'm okay. just excited. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> really, though, you're heading off to China. You're going back back to work. And do you have another project on the horizon? Well, or, we're, or, talking I mean, of, just... yeah, we're talking
1: about a couple things, but I'm going to go sleep for a long time. <laughs> I think so. I think,
0: I think you've earned it, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for being here. And Pandas is showing daily on the Giant Dome screen at the Fleet Science Center. Come and see it again and again.
1: Agree. Yeah.
0: Yes. Thanks, Wendy. It's fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you.